Warning, this is a gaming podcast. Barely a gaming podcast. It's November 30th. This is episode 30. And in this episode of the podcast, we will be predicting the Game Award winners and more. Much more of that. Good morning, evening, night. My name is Nick, and today I'm joined by none other than my brother from the same mother, Eli Bear. However, that's not all for this episode. We're also joined by a special guest, Barry Carenza. Is that how you say your last name? Doesn't matter. But before we, before we let him talk, Eli, take it away. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Noise. <laughs> I kicked something. I don't know what that was. That was I thought music. that was the intro music. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's pretty good this week. Uh, how's it going, Barry? Uh, tell us, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for uh, you know having me here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I am one of the founding members of Premium Edition Games, where we take digital-only titles and we bring them out physically for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four, and PlayStation Five. And right now at PremiumEditionGames.com, we do have several titles up for pre-order, as well as several in-stock. Uh, titles for order. I'm also uh, one of the co-hosts for the Premium Playcast and the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. What's your favorite one of those? Uh, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> I love them all. Fine. <laughs> how, how long has how long has Premium Edition Games been a thing? How long has it been around? Uh, we've been around for over two and a half years now, and we have put up 14 titles up for pre-order. Seven have already shipped and have been in hand two more will be in hand in the month of december so uh we're doing really well for the games that come through there do those kind of like rotate through or there's some games that are always there i know we work? we only have uh so many that we print and once they're sold out if there's a you know if there's a demand we will do you know more prints we'll do a second run but uh no it's it's really you know, we try and make sure that everybody gets a copy that wants a copy. So if, you know, we 10,000 people say, hey, we want a copy, we will print 10,000 copies, of course. But uh, otherwise, if a title doesn't, you know, sell out as fast and it runs out, it runs out and that's it. And if there's a lot of demand afterwards, hey, we missed this title, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reprint another thousand and, you know, take some to shows, put some on the website, whatever. You know, we want to make sure that people play these great games because all the titles we pick, we feel are phenomenal games. And just to make sure I understand, so all the games that are on here are games that would not otherwise have a physical edition except for through you guys. Is that correct? correct? Yeah, we have the exclusive rights uh, for for several years for all of these titles. And, uh, you know, can't say anything down the road. You know, three, four years down the road, they want to do another print. That's up to them. Uh, if we don't have the contract anymore, but yeah, we are, you know, we are the the actual physical publishers for all these titles. They would not have gotten a physical if not for us. That's awesome. What game has been the most popular sold? I'm just curious. Um, I'm. I, there's been a lot that have sold exceptionally well, and I would say the one that's become our darling has been Phenotopia Awakening, uh, just because it's got a great 
you know, just a great story, behind, like the behind the scenes story, as well as the fact that the game is beautiful. So few people have heard about it and we were able to reintroduce it to a bunch of people. And uh, it's just, it, it, it got the most, how have I never heard of this before responses? And uh, a lot of people picked it up and have been enjoying it. That is awesome. Um, sorry, Morgan asked me to grab something from the fridge while you were talking there for a second to you. <laughs> so, but that is, that is super cool. And then remind me of the other things that you said you were a part of. This is really the only thing that I knew that you were a part of premium edition games. <laughs> so, remind me yeah, of the other things that you are a part of as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also a co-host on the premium Playcast, which, uh, we do a lot of behind the scenes stuff for premium edition games and we, cool. we, uh, you know, give a lot of insider information behind the scenes on, you know, some of the stuff we're playing, some of the stuff where we're, uh, you know, we have signed and some of the process, the production process. Uh, and then I've been a part of NintendoFuse.com for over a decade now, where I've done reviews, I've done events, you know, and, and then, of course, the podcast that I've been a part of where I'm a co-host. And uh, that is one that we do on video and we do live uh, every other Monday uh, at 8 30 p.m eastern and uh that is that is a fun fun podcast uh, mainly nintendo focused but uh it's always fun to do live because we have the chat and you know if you mess up you you mess up it's live you got to own it <laughs> we did one of those and we definitely owned a lot of things our first one we had a little bit of uh, struggles getting it started uh we were like an hour late <laughs> getting it started um okay. So an hour late for us, that was early. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you starting on time tonight. (laughs) This is the first and probably only time we ever will. Yeah, that that could be accurate. It's never happened before. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. (laughs) Okay, one one other question for you about the uh, premium edition games, too. I was just wondering, what has been your favorite one that you've seen come to a digital version? I know you probably, you know, it's hard to say because there are a lot of great ones that have come through, but what, what would you say? I mean, I get this question all the time, and my answer remains the same, is that they are all my favorite. And I know that sounds like a cop-out, um, but you have to remember, we release games slowly, and each of the titles we release are curated through us. So they're titles that the team has played, the team loves, and we, we stand behind, and we, you know, we enter the, uh, the agreement to bring the game out physically. So we want to give each game the attention it deserves. So like right now, you know, we, we have our fifth series of titles up as our newest pre-orders. We've got a wonderful partnership with ScreenWave and uh, RetroWare with two of their titles, Love 3 and Eagle Island Twist. And we also just put up uh, Spooky Squid's games, uh, They Bleed Pixels, and Nodding Head's game, uh, Raji, an Ancient Epic Enhanced Edition. So, you know, right now we're, we're, we're talking about those, but, you know, we love all the games uh, that we have put out equally because we, we stand behind them. You know, we, we love the developers, we love the digital partners and publishers, and, uh, you know, we want other people to enjoy them as well. Awesome. And what's the process usually like for um, getting in contact with the developers? Do a lot of people reach out to you? Um, do you kind of find people that you think, you know, would be a good fit? We have developers reach out to us, which is always a uh, a blessing. 
because we, uh, you know, makes my, my job a little easier at the company, but we also will reach out to developers, you know, when we see a game that we're like, Ooh, you know, this would be really interesting. And we do have a discord where people have suggested releases and we, you know, social media people suggest releases and we look at those releases and we reach out and sometimes they don't answer. Sometimes they answer and they, they're just not interested. Sometimes they're interested, but they already have a, a contract with another company. And, and sometimes they say, sure, here's the game. Let, you know, test it out and let us know what you think. So as, as long as everything works out, you know, we're good to go. And we've got some great stuff lined up for 2023. But uh, yeah, it's, it's all different. So if there's a game you say, oh, this game really needs a physical, you know, feel free to, to drop me a line and say, hey, check this one out. And uh, that's how we find some of the games. You know, just there's so many games out there, it's impossible to see them all. So we really appreciate when, uh, you know, people want to suggest some great titles and uh, hopefully we can make that happen for them. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it looks like some pretty well-known games have uh, gone through you guys, which is pretty cool, like A Robot Named Fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned Raji and Ancient Epic. Those are a few that I've heard of before, and it looks like a lot of really cool-looking indie games as well have made their way through. I mean, those are also indie games, I, I should say, yeah. but um, just a lot of a lot of cool games that have come through. I think it's, I think the uh, um, company that you have is, is really awesome, so... Well, thank you. I mean, we we try. I mean, there's so many games out there. It's impossible uh, for anyone to do, you know, every, it's for every game to get a physical. So we, we want to make our little mark and we want to do releases as collectors the way we would like to uh, to do them. You know, all the releases come with full color manuals. They come with slip cases. They come with double sided color inlays. Uh, the full game on cart, we're, ver- we're very big about that. All of our releases are complete on cart, including DLC, whether it be free DLC or paid DLC. And uh, we want to preserve that. And all of our releases also come with challenge cards, where we ask the developers to um, pretty much give a challenge to all the players. And should you complete that and follow the instructions, we actually mail people physical patches per game as our way of saying congratulations and, and, you know, for doing the physical achievement thing since Nintendo doesn't do their own. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's one little thing that we want to do, you know, want to, want to stand out, want to, want to give these, these games, the treatment that they, uh, they rightfully deserve. <laughs> Did Nick put on the Google chat? Be right back. I can't see. <laughs> no, I could, I, I could see again. I did okay. the old, uh, unplug it and plug it back in. And I think we're, we're going oh, right. right now. Wow, I'm a technical genius over here. <laughs> this is why we don't start the podcast on time. That's yeah, it's all Nick's fault. <laughs> no, no we're, we're going. I was just right saying now. because we would run into technical issues while we're doing the podcast. Not, I wasn't blaming you for starting late. Yeah, it's uh, never it because good. we never prepped anything before the podcast started. <laughs> no way. No way. That's never happened. Never. All right, well... Yeah, thanks so much for uh, telling us about premium edition games. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump into our um, first topic of the show. Uh, what you playing? Who are you asking me? You. I, that's yeah. a, good question. That's <laughs> that's a, a weird. Question. I don't know. That's a weird phrasing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who you were asking. I mean, this, this, multiple people could be. Um, so right now, I am I am playing. Uh, uh, two main games i'm playing pokemon scarlet um 
I'm I'm at the end already. I've, I've beaten it. I'm just finishing the Pokedex and preparing wow. for raids. And uh, I'm playing God of War Ragnarok, where I'm about a third of the way through right now. Cool. Right so on. very similar games. Very similar yeah. games. No, just kidding. <laughs> but um, wow. I, yeah, it seems like you beat that pretty quick. They just came out the 18th, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did it within a week. I, I was addicted. Like, I didn't have any glitches or anything. I just had some weird, funny little things. But the game is just so much fun. And I was fully addicted and still am. And it's just a great game. That's cool. I feel like I've heard just kind of, you know, good and bad things about it, I guess, from people like, well, I guess, yeah. What are your thoughts overall? You, I know you said you liked it, but um, I mean, does the game need polish? Yes. Does, you know, does it need frame rate adjustments in, in areas? Uh, yes. Would it be nice if the world looked a little prettier? Yes. But the game is fun. The battle mechanics work the the catching mechanics and you know just the open world nature of the the game is extremely fun to traverse and there's tons of little secrets and things hidden all over um to really make you look in every nook and you know nook and cranny and every corner and i I just it was like a kid again it was like this is this is like arceus like the game i wanted when i was you know back in high school on the n64 so for me it was what i've been waiting for 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 over 20 years yeah i was gonna ask you how i mean nick and i are not the biggest pokemon fans uh i think i'm probably closer than nick is but as someone who is a big fan of the series like how would you um i guess what's your favorite game in the series and how does these these newest ones compare i mean i've i think i'm always partial to red blue green just because that was the one i started with but I didn't like I was I never really considered myself a hardcore like I I did gold silver and I beat it and then I did like ruby but I never finished ruby and I did diamond and I never finished it and then I stopped playing until XY and I did a little black two white two never finished it X X was the first one I finished or Y actually Y I finished um, and then I didn't do sun moon and I didn't get back into it until let's go and sword and shield um, but it's this is probably overall honestly my favorite like yes it's it's not the prettiest and yes there's some technical issues but in terms of gameplay and in terms of overall fun i don't think i could go back to the older style anymore after just having this freedom you know between this and rcs awesome <clears throat> yeah i look forward to playing it at some point as well i have i didn't pick it up on release um but i, I do look forward to playing it and then you said you're starting God of War as well. How have yes. you liked that so far? I've liked it. Um, it's one of those things where it's very linear. And when you go from an open world game to a linear story structure game, it's always weird because it's like you go to a certain section is a puzzle. How do I get to that chest? And you can't just climb. You have to go around and do this long winded way of getting to it. And I just want to just climb because I'm so used to open world. And uh, the story is good. Uh, I'll say my biggest gripe with the uh, with just the quote unquote God of War, which is really God of War Four, is that they tried to make it like its own thing. Like, oh no, this isn't God of War Four. This is like rebooting the series, and they just had like some small nods to the the first three. Um, but this one is like, yeah, we're sorry for doing that. This is God of War Five. Uh, you know, in terms of mainline and. They reference the first three God of Wars. They reference uh, Chains of Olympus and goes to Sparta. Like they're like, oh yeah, that's all canon, and 
this is really the same Kratos, and we're sorry for 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 not acknowledging it last time. And I feel like they they doubled down on it this time, which made me happy because really it should have been called God of War Five, and you know they only got a War Four. Yeah, I just barely started the game this last Monday, I believe. Yeah, two days ago. Um, the opening was pretty awesome, so I'm looking forward to playing it. I really enjoyed the first one, um, so I'm really looking forward to to playing it. So what have you been playing, Eli? Well, now that it's been a month since our last podcast, um, since we switched to the two-week schedule, and then I was, <laughs> I was sick for like a good two weeks. Man, we had, we had something going going around over here. Um, I've been playing a lot of things. Um, one, we had the Make You Play games, which still is technically on. Uh, that- that will be next week. So a reminder to Nick, Wen, and Morgan to finish up their Make You Play games. Um, but I finished mine. I finished Tomb Raider. Um, and I'll talk about that more in a couple weeks. I did finish Elden Ring. Whoa. <laughs> nice. What? No. I, need some I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did finish. I did beat uh, Millennia as well. And she was fun (laughs) and yeah, yeah, super tough. And then I didn't realize it, but I actually got the good ending too, which is nice. Um, I thought I was going to get some like dumb ending because, you know, it's been a while since I played it. So I I forgot I did that quest line, but I did get the good ending. um, So that was nice. Uh, I played um, some, a game called Evo land, which was pretty fun. The Uh, first or the second one, the first one. Have you played the second one? I love both of them. The second one's so much better than the first, though. Oh, really? I'll have to play it then. I like just the concept of the of of it, though. Um, basically, as you're playing the game, the game starts out like really basic and like 2D and doesn't have any color, like a really really early game. And then as you progress, your your game gets like uh, more mechanics. Um, you get you know 3D and things like that, so your game evolves as as you go. Um, so I had a really fun fun time with it. <coughs> so I'll I'll definitely play the second one at some point. And then played just started playing Into the Breach again. I'd played that in the past, um, but just started playing it again. That's a really fun. Um, I would say it's a puzzle game. It's a really fun puzzle game um, that has some roguelike elements to it. Um, really a blast. Um, got there was a humble bundle that had like 12 different vr games over thanksgiving and so i started playing super hot i've played through the demo like a bunch on the (laughs) quest 2 but since i finally got it um i have have started playing that a little bit um i need to figure out though i don't think the uh vr is running that great off of the uh wi-fi so I have just a Quest 2, and then I want run it wirelessly from my PC, and the connection wasn't super great, so I'm going to need to figure that out. I used to have it running super good, so I just need to yeah, tweak it again. Um, and then finally I have started playing uh, God of War as well. So I've played the first like hour and a half of God of War, and the intro was super good. Definitely has me hooked, so I'm looking forward to playing some more of that one. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, what about you, Nick? What you playing? Uh, mostly God of War Ragnarok right now. Um, I'm probably, I don't know, 
80 90 percent done with the game some somewhere around around there i'm just like cleaning stuff up before i actually go get into uh the end game um there's a lot there's a lot of open stuff in this game um there was some in the in the first game where you're just riding around on the boat or the first game i mean the fourth game um but I, I have a lot of the same problems that Barry had with it too. Like the game is, it's telling you it's a game a lot. There's mm-hmm. like, like a chest uh, six feet away from you, but you can't just jump onto it, even though Kratos could easily do that. But you, instead you have to figure out the little, the little dumb puzzle. There's a lot of <laughs> like a lot of just like busy work puzzles mm-hmm. that the game is just full of constantly. Hmm. Um, that just get really tedious and it has a lot of like the, uh, the PS4 load screen cover ups that you still have to do on PS5, which um, you shouldn't have to do. Yeah, that's, that is true. This is a game that should be next. Are you only. talking about like going into the, the Yggdrasil tree going like where they're just talking and you know, that's just a loading cover up. Oh, that that's part of it. But I mean, like when you're walking down a narrow passageway, you have to slow yeah. down and then you go to it or you crouch down. Or just a bunch of these yeah. little things that are just load screen covers on PS4. But yeah, you should be able to just skip those on PS5 would be nice. But it, it just, there's so much of the game that just uh, this is telling you it's a video game. But overall, I love the game. I love the combat. There's a ton of upgrades in this one. And it I like the story a lot. It's, it's fun. Yeah, I think my initial impressions of the game, like I said, I've definitely have the least amount of time so far. But initial impressions are it looks really, really great, you know, um, graphics wise, really, really, you know, top end, even though it is PS4 and PS5, both. Um, and the story can sound like PS4 isn't able to output really good graphics. I mean, they definitely push the system. I'm just thinking, you know, if it was only PS5, you know, next gen only, I think we'd see some. I think we'd see, like like Nick was saying, we'd see some things like we wouldn't have those loading screens and, and things like that. Uh, but I do appreciate th- that it is. And, you know, the performance mode is in 60 frames per second, I, I believe. Um, so it feels really nice to play as well. Um, and in the first little part of the story, there's already a lot of a lot of twists and things. So I'm excited to see where the story goes. I cried within, I think, the first five minutes. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a really good scene, really good intro to the game too. Yeah, lots of lots of good stuff. Anything else um, that you've been playing that has stuck out? You said you've mainly been playing that, but what else well, have you been yeah. playing? Yeah, and I've been playing. Uh, what's, what's, I can't remember the game. I've streamed like six times. No, only twice actually. But I've oh, played yeah. it like six times. Uh, Heaven, Heavenly bodies. Heavenly Heavenly bodies is the game that I've been playing. I'm playing with Jackson. I also play with my friend X, which is a game where you are astronauts. Uh, this is sort of like indie style, but you're just kind of uh, a top-down view of your guys, like essentially just laying on their back doing a backstroke where they can't really actually move anywhere except when they grab things. Um, we're playing every time I've played it. We're playing with the hardest controls, which means your guys have very little to no control over their movement when you're not touching anything. So. It is ridiculously frustrating sometimes, but it's also stupidly funny and it, it's a pretty good game other than being very hard. Uh, the last mission I did, which was not streamed, took uh, two hours to do, which is brutal, but uh, it's fun. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I I I listened to part of that that you're streaming with uh, <laughs> with Jackson, and you were definitely getting a little frustrated. I I think. Yes, I was. That was a level that I had already done before, and uh, yeah, I think it took us like over in a, like an hour and ten minutes or something on that. That was the second level, and uh, that level ideally like if you knew what you were doing and could actually control like a normal video game would take five minutes so (laughs) it's just trying to figure out how to make your person move yeah it gets very frustrating your person gets flipped upside down and your controls are upside down as well so it's it's yeah it's different awesome well um before we move on um it's time for an ad break this episode of the podcast is brought to you today by Eli's Cold and Flu Remedy. If you're looking to get out of work or even podcasting duties, heck, even if you want to get stuck in your own driveway, look no further than Eli's Cold and Flu Remedy Plus for all your sick needs. And remember, if you're not feeling any better, it's working. All right. Thank you. <laughs> that one uh, definitely has a place, you know, on my shelf. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. I've been using it for the last 10 years. <laughs> How, and uh, what are the results? I, I, I'm not feeling any better. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, so with with that, thanks to our sponsors. Couldn't do the show without you. Um, <laughs> with that, we'll go ahead and, and move into our main topic of the show, which is predicting the winners of the game awards. Um, we're going to go through every nomination category, um, or every category and go through the nominees. Um, and we're going to try to play a little game here, I guess as well. We're going to go through and, and have our picks. Um, and, and at the end of this, we're going to see who wins the most or gets the most correct and they are the winner and that means you're cool right (laughs) yeah yeah two thumbs up this is eli's goal is to be cool for once in his life (laughs) all right (laughs) so this is pretty much like the chest in god of war it's a long-winded way to become cool um okay well let's let's go into the first one with is the best esports event all righty so I don't know if anybody even uh, saw any of these. Um, I watched, I did watch about uh, probably five hours of Evo. This was after the fact. Um, and it was, it was really exciting. I think Evo is always, always does a good job of that, especially coming back this year, like in person. I don't think it has been the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I thought that was really good. I, I think that's where I'm going to go. Uh, the PGL major Antwerp. <laughs> It's something I've never heard of. I'm sorry. Good luck to that, whatever that is. It's probably gonna win, whatever it is. I didn't I didn't know golf was an esport. I'm sorry. I didn't even know that category was there. <laughs> it's probably what are you guys thinking? They're probably super pumped for it. Like it's super loud, I would imagine. That golf, that golf esports. No, it's like it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and for golf, that is crazy loud. <laughs> I want to see just a whole bunch of like like an esports arena, like at like you'd see at Evo or something, just do it, like golf clapping for PGL Major <laughs> Antwerp twenty twenty two. Yeah, so for me, I'm also gonna go with Evo. That's uh, 
of all the the ones there, it's the one I've actually you know watched, and uh, I find the most exciting. So uh, I don't know if it's going to win, but that's that's where my vote goes. So I feel like historically, the League of Legends World Championship has won quite a few times. So I think I'm going to go with that one. But I feel like Evo coming back in person, like Nick said, is probably you know it's probably a good bet. Um, but I'll just go somewhere different, you know, to try to get some points, I guess. Yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely should probably start voting for what I think is going to win, but more than what I want to win. I'm voting what I, what I feel is the winner, regardless of what, how many people are paying Jeff Keighley to get the winners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. A side note. I mean, you should know that Nick does pay Jeff Keighley for some of these as well. I mean, <laughs> just so everyone is aware, that does happen, you know? Okay, just before we move on, dis- disclaimer. Um, okay, the next category is... I Hold on. I might have wrote it down wrong. Oh, it's is best esports coach. Oh, we missed one. Did you just miss it? I think you maybe you just yeah, missed it. Yeah, I just missed it. Oh, man, this is going to take a while to put on there. It's going to put us back by like five seconds. All right. So let's talk about our favorite esports coaches. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I will just say that, you know, because you know, you're on the website, you're allowed to vote. So I did vote for one because I don't know any of these people, but I, I voted for Go Score Dong Bin just because I think he has a really cool name. So, um, good luck to you in, in League of Legends. <laughs> Go score. That's great. Score. So, this is definitely a guy. I think he's uh, seen some success at doing the things that he does. Um, Doom Bros. Eric Doom Bros. <laughs> Sandgren is definitely the guy who is going to win, I think, this this year. I mean, it's, it's definitely hard to vote against Doom Bros. Um yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy. <laughs> definitely yeah, a guy, all right. That's, that's correct. Um, but I, you know, I, I am going with Go Score as well. I mean, I, I think he is going to win. Plus, Genji is currently a Rocket League team as well. I mean, so is FaZe Clan. But for that reason, he's got my vote. And yeah, definitely he's done th- some things to be considered to be esports coach coach of the year all righty and up next we have the best esports team and the nominees are which we haven't been doing dark zero esports phase clan gen g la thieves or loud oh boy another category where <laughs> i have no idea but since i already put their coach i also went with gen g for league of legends just because i mean I, if i'm going to say the coach is the best then the team's got to be the best too right i really wanted to vote for doom bros here um and since their clan isn't nominated i kind of want to take <laughs> back their person but i won't i'm gonna go the la thieves they're, they're gonna steal this one <laughs> Uh, that was dumb. <laughs> um, and I'll go the opposite on this one. I'll go Phase Clan. You know, Genji is just carried by their coach. You know, and Phase Clan is kind of the more well-rounded team. So I'll go with Phase Clan on this one with the, their CS:GO team. Alrighty. And up next we have 
the best esports athlete. The we're nominees almost, are what? I was gonna say we're almost into things that we know what we're talking about. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. Oh boy! And uh, about Barry, go ahead and read these names out. Oh, be me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jong Chovi Ji Hoon, Lee Faker, Sang Hyok, Finn Kerrigan, Anderson. Olex- Alexander Simple Kostliev <laughs> and Jacob Yay White White Eater We could White Eater whatever um, so the, so so for me I, I'm gonna go for the hat trick and go for Jang Chovi Jihoon uh, and go for another Gen G just because I did the first two so I might as well go for it and you know go full and that team must be pretty dominant they have like a lot of nominees so far. <coughs> Well, um, go for it. Yeah, I don't think this guy's uh, team has been nominated or the coach was nominated. Uh, but this guy has definitely been a standout player all season. I'm going to vote for Yay. Yay. That's Jacob Yay. Yay whatever his last name is. Whitaker or something? <laughs> Whitaker. Isn't that Whitaker? It might be Whitaker. You're right. Doesn't Whitaker sound like With an extra, old name? There's extra names in there, extra, le- extra letters. <laughs> all right, whatever. That's where I'm going. Yay. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Simple. Um, that is actually a name I've heard of. So I will I will go with him. All righty. Voting for the things you know. That's right. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. And next up, we have the best esports game. The nominees are Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, Dota 2, League of Legends, Rocket League, and Valorant. So at least here, there's are games I've heard of, but I haven't played any of these games. But I will still put my vote towards Rocket League because I have a lot of friends that play Rocket League. Yeah, I was playing Rocket League earlier today. I played uh, 10 matches of it to try and get my rank up or whatever. <laughs> get ranked <laughs> again. Uh, not a good rank. I'm like uh, Diamond 2 or maybe not even that. So... I don't know. Has Rocket League done anything this year, Eli, to make it win something? I mean, I feel like it could have been nominated for the other categories, probably. Like, you know, esports athlete or esports team probably could have been nominated for those categories. I don't know. I don't think they've really done anything super special as far as like a game. They they have had, uh, if this is focused on like the esports itself, I think they've done well there. Like they're they should have won this last year. They changed up a lot of things and they had a much better like showing, but this year's kind of like the same as what they did last year. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like they're pretty, honestly, all of these feel like kind of the same though. I don't think anything's really done more than the other one. And maybe because rocket league didn't win it last year, they could win it this year. I feel like when rocket league moves into unreal engine five, I think we'll see, um, some growth with it. I think it'll be a better game then. Um, but I'm still going to vote for Rocket League. I For this one, I'm using some strategy. I saw that uh, the coach and a couple teams from Valorant were nominated. So people seem to care about that game. Uh, so I'm picking Valorant. That's what people are going to pick. That's my guess. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think Probably. I've ever played that game, though. I haven't either. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it, but I don't think I've actually played the game itself. All right. We have a real category up next. Finally. For the first time. 
And that is most anticipated game. And the nominees are Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. All great games. Um, but I think even with Yoshida being announced to be there and, and I'm, I'm expecting something big for Final Fantasy 16 and very much looking forward to it, um, my vote goes to Breath uh, or Tears of the Kingdom hands down i think we've all been waiting for this game for a long time what do you think anyway you know honestly i think the two most anticipated from the list are probably hogwarts legacy and just because of the harry potter background and i think people have been looking forward to like a a good harry potter game um but i think it's uh zelda as well i think it's tears of the kingdom yeah um Tears of the Kingdom is not my most anticipated. It's probably Starfield because I want another game in that that type. Uh, the uh, like the Elder Scrolls series, Fallout series. Uh, I can sink hundreds of hours into any of those games. Uh, I love them. I definitely want another one. Um, but yeah, I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to win hands down. There's there's a ton of uh, excited people for that game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for it. That's for sure. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, Gwen, uh, Gwen would have voted Hogwarts Legacy like eight times. She's never even heard of any of these other games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they just zoned in for that one. And Gwen is Nick's wife and another host of the, host of the show. Yeah, I watched her stream. All righty. Oh, wait, she next... hasn't really hasn't heard of Zelda? No, she's heard well, of all of them. Well, you might, have watched, say. you might have watched my wife. Uh, Maybe I'll watch your wife. Yeah, Gwen's never actually streamed, I don't think. At least not solo. So, yeah, solo is part of our Discord. <laughs> <sighs> All right. <laughs> and next, next up, we have the best adaptation. Um, and the nominees are Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Uncharted. Well, of all of these, um, there's only one I actually did see. So I'm going to vote for it because I think it did really well. And that's Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I thought it was a really great movie uh, that they adapted Sonic 3 uh, and even into Sonic Adventure 2's storyline really well. And Jim Carrey just nails it as Eggman or Robotnik. I like that he's called both in the movie, too. Yeah, that's fun. It's great. So I think I'm thinking uh, there's only there's two that could take this. And I think that's uh, probably going to be between Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and arcane league of legends because i've heard i thought that was last year though but uh i heard so many people talking about how much they like that i've never seen it though i saw Sonic that talk too and i thought it was fine i thought the first one was better but maybe i'm in the minority there it just felt like i don't even know just all over the place yeah i thought i thought sonic hedgehog 2 was like was good yeah i thought it was entertaining um, but but yeah i i think I've heard a, a lot of people just rave about Arcane League of Legends, and so I think that one's going to win. And I will say, I did actually really enjoy Uncharted as well. That one kind of got ups and downs as well, but I like that one. I thought it was pretty yeah. fun. Uncharted being on this list means makes me think that there were only five um, adaptations <laughs> this year. <laughs> I thought it, it was, was a fun movie. I thought it was great. It was a fun movie. It didn't really feel like Uncharted <laughs> to me, um, which is which is fine. It, it's just a fun adventure movie. 
just to pass the time, but whatever. That's, that's probably accurate, but I, that's yeah, all you can I really did, ask for. I guess. have some time with it. And I've watched a little bit of Cuphead with Jackson and it's fine. Everybody's jerks in that show. If you haven't ever seen it, it's really weird. That's weird. And I've heard tons of good things about cyberpunk edge runners as well, but yeah, that one just came out pretty recently. I'm going to say, I actually don't even know. Ooh, I'm going to say arcane. I'm going to go with arcane. That's what I'm picking. Nope, not as the best debut indie, though. Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> All righty. I can't type either. And then, yep. All right, what's up next? And we got best debut indie. And the nominees are Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. I've heard good things about all of these titles, except I haven't heard anything about Norco. But while I personally uh, would pick Tunic to win this, I do think Stray is going to win just because they put it as Game of the Year. And uh, so I think Stray is going to take this category. Yeah, no, I think the same as well. Um, I, I agree with that statement. Another game that has interested me that I haven't gotten a chance to play yet is Vampire Survivors. We've uh, we do who wants to win an indie game um, sometimes on our show, and we've actually put that as a game to give away, like in the early stages of the game show, quite a few times, and so it's made me want to play it. Um, but I think Stray, yeah, for the same reason, is gonna is gonna win it. I've heard a lot of good things about a lot of these games. Norco, I've heard probably the least amount, of, um, <clears throat> but Stray is probably or probably the most popular one here it's definitely the biggest budget game um i've vampire survivors though had it was like a huge huge thing for like i don't know two weeks um <laughs> and everyone was talking about that everyone seems to love that game i played it for probably i don't know two hours it's fun um and i've heard, but i've heard tons and tons of people talk about how much they love neon white like it's a a new type of like it's like a speed running first person shooter i think which i've never even seen it uh, i haven't really looked into it very much but I'm, that's the one i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick neon white uh, yeah so neon white are good things maybe an I, underdog choice and i remember watching the trailer for it it came out on a few nintendo directs throughout the year um and it looked pretty fun um but yeah i haven't 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 gotten a chance to play it all righty and up next we have the content creator of the year and the nominees are Carl Jacobs, Ludwig, Nebelian, Nobru, and Cutie Cinderella. I have not seen anything from any of these people, nor do I know any of the stuff they do personally. But I'm going to go with Nebelian just because of his avatar. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, Eli, who are you picking? Yeah, I I am in the same boat. I don't watch any of these um, content creators. Um, I'll go with uh, Carl Jacobs on this one. All righty. And I'm going to pick Nobru because it looks like he probably plays uh, uh, Valorant. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) He probably does. That's a Valorant player right there. Yeah, that looks like it. he's got the, the double, double, double fingers. Wow, this is like a quadruple double right there. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, up next we have the oh boy, the content creator of the year. Is that no? That's the same thing I just did, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, why do these people look the same? <laughs> they got nominated twice. All right, the best multiplayer game. 
And the nominees are Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. This one was a tough one between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Splatoon 3 for me, but I know so many people who have put in well over 100 hours into Splatoon 3. I know it's very big in Japan, and, and a lot of people absolutely love it, and I'm going to go with Splatoon 3. Yeah, I think for this one, I'm going to pick Multiverses. It was huge for that first month. Uh, I'm afraid that it has died down a lot significantly since then, the hype about that game, so I'm not sure if it's going to pick up as many votes as I as I think it probably should, but I, I'm not sure. What about you, Eli? Yeah, I think there are a lot of good options here. Uh, Overwatch 2 also came out this year, and I think um, pretty well received, too. Um, <coughs> but I'll go with uh, Splatoon 3 as well. I think that one will win. All righty. Up next, we have the best sports slash racing, and the nominees are F122, FIFA 23, NBA 2K23, Gran Turismo 7, and Ollie Ollie World. Uh, I'm not a big sports fan uh, when it comes to games. And, uh, you know, so many of them are just annual. So because of that, I'm going to go with uh, Gran Turismo 7 just because it's something a little different. And, of course, it's a long-running series. And my only gripe with it is that it has to be like, online, um, which is a had some real issues at launch and I wish they would make single player games where you don't need to connect to online Sony, but uh, I'm going to go with Gran Turismo. Yeah. I think that Gran Turismo probably should be the winner. I felt like when I was playing the game, it was a little bit too grindy and it took a little bit too long to make money um, for some of the things, even though I was still getting like rewards. Uh, but I've heard nothing but good things from all the, all the world. So I'm going to pick that just as an upset for all these people that are probably voting. Like, like us, they're like, oh, we don't actually play any sports games. And this is, I guess, is technically a sports game, so we'll pick that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Ollie Ollie World. I played the uh, game trial of Ollie Ollie World, and it was like two hours long. And I thought it was a good game, but I don't think it's anything special, at least from the two hours that I played of it. Now, um, so, so for that reason, I'm going to go with Gran Turismo 7. Um, and I haven't played Gran Turismo 7, but just because it is not an... <laughs> Not an annual release, and I feel like, um, you know, it's been a while since the last one has come out, so I think it'll probably take it. Alrighty, and next up we have Best Sims Last Strategy Game, and the nominees are Dune, Spice Wars, Mario Plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Total War, Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, and Victoria 3. This one was Super easy for me. Yeah, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, I loved that game. I actually 100%ed that game. I thought it was much better than the original. And I love the original. So much humor, so much character. Just Ubisoft knocked it out of the park. And, you know, and just in terms of gameplay and and secrets and strategy. And yeah, it's easy for me to pick that one. Yeah, I think there are going to be certain outlets. Um you know, that favors some of these games. Um, but I think the vast majority of people played Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. And I think that's going to get by far the most number of votes. I don't think it's any contest. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mario and Rabbids as well. I think there's probably some other ones that are good on there. Um, like Dune Spice Wars. And I think Total War Warhammer 3 also um, did pretty well, but 
I think, yeah, Marion Rabbits for me. Um, and this is one I haven't played yet, but it looks, looks really fun. Um, so looking forward to playing to it. We actually just got it through Gamefly this month, so I'll be playing it that way. But looks fun. It's a blast. Alrighty, and next up we have the best family game. The nominees are Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, Splatoon 3. For this one, uh, I have to give it to Kirby. It was just a phenomenal you know, platforming game. It's great to see Kirby come into 3D. Uh, just, just really well done, well received. Uh, great for people of all ages and just uh it's, a, it's just a great game so i gotta go with kirby yeah i think i'll also go with kirby i feel like that out of these nominees i think that's the one you you go that's your go-to when you think of a family game is kirby um just because the other ones may not be for every everyone even if it's like a, i don't know if it's a better game or not but mario plus rabbit sparks of hope um I don't, I don't think that screams family as much as like Kirby and the Forgotten Land does. And that would probably be my second choice. So, I, yeah, I'm going to also say Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yep, and it'll be a Kirby sweep because that's what I say as well. Kirby eats up the competition again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All righty. And next up we have the best fighting game. And the nominees are DNF Duel. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R, The King of Fighters 15, Multiverses, or Sifu. Hmm. And see, this one is a tough one because I honestly think Sifu is going to win. But at the same time, I don't really classify Sifu as a fighting game. Because when I think fighting game, it's a one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, whatever standard you know fighting game that we've all grown accustomed to. So I'm going to instead vote King of Fighters 15 because to me that's an actual fighting game. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of I agree with all your points there. I think what I would vote for instead is uh, multiverses. Um, but I agree with your points there. I think Sifu definitely has a good chance of taking the, taking it just because it's pretty well liked. Um, but I think I, I agree with that. Like, It's more of an action game than it is a fighting yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems like it's here so they can give it an award or something or give it another nomination, which kind of seems unfair. Um, I, I think Multiverses is is just extremely... Uh, or it's like another... It's, it's probably the best comp, uh, competitor to Smash Bros. I think that there's ever been. And I think uh, I think it might take it. That's where I'm going to put my vote is with Multiverses. Multiverses, if it only wasn't free to play and had that the, uh, stuff attached to it. Right. Alrighty, next up we have the best role-playing game. And the nominees are Elden Ring, Live a Live, or Live Alive, or Live a Live, or Live Alive, <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, or Xenoblade Chronicles 3. This is so tough because I've played and beat four to five of these games. I just haven't done Triangle Strategy. But honestly, I played that one. It's- so you don't have to worry about it. I got it. <laughs> as, as great as all these titles are, for me, it really is no contest at all. It's Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It just blows everything away. Man, that's that's interesting that you would say that. I thought you were going to go Elden Ring. 
I thought for sure you're going I put 150 hours into Elden Ring <laughs> and I will tell you Xenoblade Chronicles 3 blows Elden Ring away in every way shape and form and I no, beat I, Elden Ring. I can't imagine that but Did you oh. play Xenoblade Chronicles 3? <laughs> haven't I haven't yet. Well that's clearly yet. what you need to do. I've started playing the first one this year. The first the original one Xenoblade Great Chronicles remastered but I just I just can't imagine Elden Ring not winning this category. Um, for me, it was the game that stuck out of these categories as the one that's like, I don't know, a step above everything else. But again, I haven't played Xenoblade 3. So um, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to play that one and, and see on that. So if they're voting on what they think is the better RPG, I think Xenoblade could, could take it because Elden Ring is more of everything else as well like action rpg like not just straight up rpg um so but i yeah i don't think so i think elden ring has taken it um that is one of the best games i've played ever so but i haven't i have not played xenoblade chronicles 3 so i don't know <laughs> you really need to i haven't played any of them oh <laughs> man you're missing out all right. Next up, we have best action slash adventure. We have, and the nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, or Tunic. Now, while I haven't finished God of War Ragnarok, I'm like I said, a third of the way in. Uh, I'm gonna have to give the the uh, my my pick to Horizon Forbidden West. It was, while not as good as the first one, at least it was open world. It had a really interesting story to me. Uh, I thought the combat was cool and the, the hijacking of the different beasts. And just, the, I find the skill tree way more intriguing than God of War. So uh, I'm going to go that way. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people say that Horizon Forbidden West is like not quite as good as the first game. But I actually enjoyed it more. I actually really, really enjoyed it. Thought it was a lot of fun, and the world itself too is just incredible. To oh, seeing explore. Vegas was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the category that's going to win here is probably going to be God of War. I think it's it makes sense here, and it's it seems kind of interesting that you know Elden Ring is not part part of this category. It's almost like it could fall into here too, but they had to it put should it have been RPG in here or, instead of RPG. Yeah, I think it's. That's probably accurate. It it it, it is uh, kind of a game that falls in between those two categories, though. So, um, but I think God of War is going to take this category. No righty. Um, or that I already vote? No, God you haven't yet. Ragnarok. God of War <laughs> Ragnarok. I think that's it's it's definitely reviewed higher than any of these games. Which not necessarily uh, matters, but uh, it yeah, I think it's like a 90, 94 or something on Metacritic. Um, yeah, it's a great game, and I think it's going to take it just just because of how popular and how hyped it is, too. All righty, next up, uh, Eli, can you read that one? Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the best action game, and the uh, nominees for this category are Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. See, now here I agree with where Sifu's placed. Not in best yes. fighting, but best action. This is where it should have been. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with Bayonetta 3. 
I just loved the combat. It was so much fun to play as the kaijus, and I didn't mind the open world little aspects of it, but uh, it was just f- very satisfying pulling off some of those combos and torture moves, and I'm gonna have to go that way. Yeah, I unfortunately, kinda... I have not played Bayonetta three. It would be I haven't played any of the Bayonetta games actually, other than a little bit of uh, the first one, I think. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Seafood just because just because of all the excitement I've heard about that game. Yeah, same same as well. I did hear as well that they're making an update for the game for Sifu, um, that you can create your own kung, kung fu moves. I think so. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> and then you can use those in game. Well, that'd so be cool. That sounds like their older game. Um, what was that? The game they made before this. Oh well, can't remember it. So slightly off topic, but it does sound like something that's pretty fun. So, <coughs> all right, then we have the best VR slash AR games, and these um, nominees are After the Fall, Among Us VR. Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. I have not played any of these, but nope. uh, I did play the demo for Moss, and I really enjoyed it, so I'm going to go with Moss Book 2. Yeah, I don't have VR. Um, I'm going to go with Bone Lab, just because it has a cool name. Yep. Yeah, I, I do have VR, but I kind of haven't played it for a while, and then I just started get, getting back into it, so I've missed a lot of these games. Um. One that I think is probably going to win is After the Fall, just because it seems like it has some kind of story connected with it, where the other ones maybe don't as much. Maybe Red Matter 2 does. Um, well, I guess Moss Book 2 also would, so maybe that's a bad bad analogy, but I just think it's kind of more like a gritty s- story, and those tend to win game awards, I think. So that's that's what I'm going with. Alrighty. And up next, we have Innovation and Accessibility. And the nominees are As Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, The Quarry. This one, I think God of War is going to win, although I'm really shocked Horizon wasn't nominated because I feel Horizon had better accessibility options than God of War. And honestly, Bayonetta 3 had a lot of really accessible options too. So I'm kind of shocked neither of those are there. Yeah, God of War has a ton. Um, I haven't played The Last of Us Part 1, but The Last of Us Part 2 also had a, like an absolute ton of uh, things as well. So it's wow. it's possible The Last of Us Part 1 gets it. You haven't played The Last of Us Part 1, but you've played The Last of Us Part 2. The f- wow. It was just called The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. You mean the unnecessary <laughs> remake we didn't need? <laughs> Um, exactly based off the uh, hour and a half that I've seen so far I'm also going to go with God of War Um, quite a few choices just there at the beginning of things that you could um, accessibility options that I saw just in the menus and stuff Uh, yeah I'm kind of surprised Elden Ring wasn't nominated here (laughs) Uh, are you? no (laughs) yeah I know I know all right um Best community support. So, and and these are um, oh boy. the nominees for these are Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy Fourteen, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. For me, this is an easy no-brainer, hands down. Final Fantasy Fourteen. 
The community is absolutely the best. I've uh, been playing since Alpha, and everybody has been phenomenal, both in-game, in social media, just, you know, in discords. Uh, it's just unlike anything I've ever played before. So, you know, by far, Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, I'm definitely. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I know I've generally been going third, but I decided to jump in there and go second. Um, just because I agree with that, I, I'm also going to go with Final Fantasy XIV. It's actually a game I haven't played, um, but oh I've heard. Oh, my God, you need to. I, I want to. I want to. Um, I didn't know they have like a free trial up to like 60 hours or something of the game yeah. at this point. So definitely a good time to jump in there. Um, but anyways, yeah, I've just heard really, really good things online about it as far as like the game itself and the community. So going with that one. Yeah, I'm not really exactly sure uh, what you're getting voted on, but I know that just No Man's Sky has just, I think it's had one or two just huge free updates. Like all the updates that they keep putting out are free for the game. And uh, the game just keeps getting better, which seems weird. Like every other game would have dropped it by by this point, but it just keeps going and it still keeps selling too. So I like what they're doing with it. Um, so I'm just picking No Man's Sky to be different. I've heard only good <laughs> things about Final Fantasy XIV as well, though. So. Remember, Yoshida's made uh, confirmed to be there, so he could be there to accept an award. <laughs> That's um, No Man's Sky is a game I want to get back into as well. I played not too much of it, probably like ten hours, like three years ago. But I, they've added like like four or five big updates since then. So excited to get back into that one at some point. And it was fun when I played it, too. I liked it. I just played it at launch, and I absolutely started. hated it after five hours. I'm like, this game sucks. Really? <laughs> I was done, yeah. Really? I wonder if you went back and played it now, like how much different Oh, it's it a be. totally different game, but I don't have time to go back to, to it. No, it burned its it. bridge really early with me on day it's one. It's the game that yeah. I always want to go back to, but I'm, I just can't ever make time for it. Like, it has a ton of the other stuff that I didn't like at first, which is, like, all the inventory management and stuff. They've fixed, like, all of that kind of stuff as far as as I can tell from the updates that they've had. And those were like my biggest problems with the game. They still seem to have that like destiny style cursor to select everything in your inventory, which is stupid. And I hate it. Um, I wish they would fix that. I wish no games would ever use that ever again. Um, where you have to hold down the button to select stuff. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. It feels <laughs> bad. <laughs> All right. Next up we have a uh, best mobile game. Um, and the nominees are apex legends, mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, Tower of Fantasy. Haven't played any of these. I've heard good things about a lot of them. But lately I've heard nothing but praise for Marvel Snap. So I'm going to go with Marvel Snap because I've just heard so many people recently been like, I can't put it down. And they've almost convinced me to try it. Hmm. This is my first time hearing of it, but it sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, that's... I think it came out what a couple months ago. And yeah, it, was it seems, to, seems, seems to just keep getting more and more hype for it. More, more and more people excited about that game. So that's the one I'm also picking is Marvel Snap. I'm gonna go with the biggest release here. I'm gonna go with uh, Diablo Immortal. Um, just because I think it did come out with mixed reviews, but um, it's just the biggest game <laughs> out of the mobile games that was released this year. So that's why I'm going to go with it. Um, so we'll we'll see on that. But I think, yeah. Oh, good luck with that one. <laughs> hey, it's, right. it's 
20% chance. No, just kidding. One out of five. <laughs> just draw them out of a hat. That's how yeah. they pick all these. <laughs> That's right. Our best, best indie game. And the nominees are Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Well, I would personally vote for Tunic. Uh, I, I'm going to go to Stray just because, again, it was nominated for Game of the Year. So, While we're talking about Tunic, uh, what did you like about that? I played that game for, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours, and I did not like it at all. I haven't actually played it. Uh, I want to, but uh, everything I've seen, I love the instruction manual aspect of it, and just I've heard nothing but good things. And as a huge Zelda fan, it's it's like a love letter to it. Yeah, the controls just felt weird to me. There's some just felt off, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to play it. It's one I haven't played yet either. Um, I had just finished playing Death's Door, so I didn't want to jump into it yet at the time. And um, but it is one I want to want to give it a try at some point. And we, oh yeah, we, I don't think I said, but I'm also voting no, stray. Yeah, me too. Just because. Yep, we're cool. That's All right. right. <laughs> We'll just have to see who's coolest. <laughs> Cat guys for life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right, that's best, right. Best ongoing game. All right. The nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Another absolute easy one for me, Final Fantasy 14. I've, again, played it since Alpha. Absolutely love what they did with the game, how they rebranded it brought it back i thought endwalker was just absolutely phenomenal uh what a way to, to capstone it and i'm looking forward to how they're going in the next epic saga so far 6.1 and 6.2 storylines have been really good and 6.3 is in january so really looking forward to that uh it's just a phenomenal game and it's, it's the only mmo i know of where you can actually play single player if you really want to um but it's uh, everyone needs to play it are they planning on winding this game down when Final Fantasy 16 comes out? Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, Yoshida has said that he plans to keep the game going indefinitely. So just side by side, just two MMOs? That seems 16's hard. on an MMO. Oh, I thought 16 was. I no, thought they six... were working on a different one. No, mm-hmm. 11's still going on. 11 and 14 are both still going on. But 16 is being done by the same guy who saved 14 and who does oh, 14. okay. Yeah, he's right. he's doing 16, but he's also doing 14. But 16 is a standalone. Does that make you pretty yeah, excited right. to play 16 as well? Uh, it makes me more excited considering I hated 15 because I am very much a turn-based player. Uh, I, I prefer turn-based RPGs versus action RPGs. Mm-hmm. And I did not like 15's combat at all, nor did I like just driving around in the desert with the, the people <laughs> in the car. Um, I thought it was slow and boring. But because Yoshida's behind it, I put my trust in that man because he is very talented. So I am excited for 16 because of that. Did you like Remake? Uh, I did not play 7 Remake because I think 7 is one of the most overrated piece of crap games in the world. Oh, uh, no. You take that back. When, when, <laughs> when I saw people literally send death threats to Square over that PS3 demo, I'm like, yeah, you people need some serious help. Um, and the fact that Square can literally take a crap in a jar and put a piece of duct tape on that jar and write FF7, not even the full title, people will buy it. Um, it there's a problem, the, especially when people are like, oh, my, what happened to Aerith? That's never happened in a, in a game before. This is unheard of. I'm like, have you Final Fantasy 
two, three, four, five, six. Um, they all say hi. Um, they've done this before. It's it's not that great of a game. I think Cloud is one of the worst protagonists in the series. Uh, Zach is a better protagonist because Cloud thinks he's Zach. Um, I think Sephiroth is a terrible villain with mommy issues. Uh, you know, they're better FF villains. It's not a terrible game. I think it's in the middle of the road, but it's certainly not the best. Far from it. So I didn't touch seven because seven, uh, I should say, I didn't touch remake because remake is another example of Square literally selling you a game in three parts, it well three point five parts because let's not forget interlude and and literally say, hey, buy the game again, buy the buy a PS4 so you could play it, but you only get a third of the game. You gotta pay us more money, and you're gonna do it. Um, it it's just they're able to milk. <laughs> people so easily on a mediocre game overall it's not so easily they've put tons and tons and tons of time and work into that game it's not yeah. like it's a cash-in they well, put oh they put a massive amount of Final Fantasy VII is, making that game ridiculous. the remake is super good too i mean and it, they, and look how many other cash-ins as well that many cash-ins did they do with it? First off, there's Interlude. Then there was the mobile game that died. Now they're bringing Crisis Core back. I mean, they're, they're literally... Oh, there's an, I think there's another mobile game that's going to be another retelling of Final Fantasy VII. Um, it's, it's like they're just milking. This is the same thing as the compilation of Seven that happened before with, with Dirge of Cerberus and Advent Children and before Crisis and... You know, like we saw this before in Crisis Core as well. Um, we saw this already. They just go back to it when they're like, "Hey, we need some more money. How can we make some more money? Let's spend a little time on Final <laughs> Final Fantasy VII project, and people will buy it, bite it, so that we could make good games like F- Dragon Quest XI. And you know, that that's what they're doing. Like Star Ocean, the Divine Force, which was phenomenal, and and more people need to play it. And and uh, Harvestella was phenomenal and like they're they're putting out all these great games and i know it's because of final fantasy 7 money uh so i'm thankful for that like please please continue to buy it um so that they could put out good projects but honestly (laughs) that's what i think like it's over well well like blown out of proportion and it's overrated and uh and most people who love 7 started with 7 and that's probably why Hey, Barry, did you know that we have a segment on our podcast called Make You Play? Yeah. <laughs> I played I mean, seven. No. I mean, we'll just have to have you on the show at some point. I mean, unrelated, but I just, you know, unrelated. No, I, I would say, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the remake for Final Fantasy seven coming from someone that likes Final Fantasy seven quite a bit. Um, I really like the remake. It was really good. They definitely, um, put quite a bit of time into it and i i liked it i i i would agree you know they did some things like intergrad was probably unnecessary you know you know things like that but overall the game itself was was a lot of fun i mean that was just made to make you get you to buy a ps5 because they got so many people to buy a ps4 and then they're like oh yeah only part one's going to be on the ps4 so now you need to buy a ps5 and at the rate they're going Part three is probably going to be on the PS6, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you bought a PS5 for the complete thing? Oh, I'm sorry, you got to get on PS6. Oh, and we're also going to release the first parts on PS6, so you buy them again. Thanks for the extra money." I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I think Ragnarok should be a PS5 only game. Like, just because you're able to do, they they don't want to have to cater to everyone. They're just making everything. It's a bad thing when you tell people to buy a system for a game. 
then yes, it is. If if you say to a family, hey, we want to play this game, and they save up money because the economy is crap, and they finally save up the money to buy the system, and then they find out they can't play the entire series or the games they were promised on it, they're pretty annoyed, and that's not good. <laughs> oh, they can wait till the end, until it's all released, and then it'll all be on the same system eventually. Like They could, <laughs> but come on, you're asking people to wait. These are the same people that probably buy iPhones every year because they need the latest and greatest upgrade. <laughs> Uh, people don't like to wait. People want this society now is a very instant gratification society. That's why digital games even exist. Oh, what? I have to wait till the morning when the shop opens or even go to the store at midnight launch and then drive home. Oh no, I'll just have it pre-installed so I can play at 1201 because I can't wait 10 minutes. Um, that's our society we have today. Yeah. The only thing I would say is like, on the remake part one it's still a, a very meaty game by itself like a good 40 hours to play through it so, yeah i'm not and, saying it's not a meaty game i'm just saying it's part one it's not a complete game because there no, is a part two and three no it, it actually is a complete game though it has an ending like it ends it ends it, it has like an ending definitely... but it's not the end because there's even the interlude or whatever with yuffie and <laughs> on ps5 that adds on to it it adds <laughs> Well, it doesn't add to the end of it. It adds alongside it somewhere. But well, yeah, but it's, what I'm saying point. is, there's more. It's <laughs> not the end of the game because there is still more. That's the problem with it is that they literally said this is part one. This they they I even advertised it originally as remake part one. This is it. This is the first thing. You're <laughs> not leaving Midgard. That's it. You're you're getting like part of the first disc. <laughs> you're getting the first eight hours of the game, maybe. Yeah, if that is true. Yeah, that that's not the full experience, and there's more to the story, and that's that's where it's annoying because it's the same thing when Capcom tried to pull on disc DLC, and people that's gave not, them hell I mean, about it. That's not the same thing. Oh, people, they, they lock difficulty settings behind money. Yeah, that's they, not that's the same terrible. thing. <laughs> they, they should you should demand. I think everyone should demand a complete game. I'm not saying have DLC chapters like add on or DLC additional content. That's fine. But you're talking if if each of these new games is going to be 40 hours each, then that's saying hey they locked 80 hours of extra content onto the you know in addition to the game. That's more than just a DLC chapter. <laughs> I mean that's. 80 hours that would take them another 10 years to make or whatever. Then different. they should have waited and released it all together. Like you, t- you asked, you said people should wait till it's all released to play it all together. Well, Square should release, wait till it's all completed and release it all together. If you're, if you're asking families to wait for that, then Square should wait for that. Yeah. I think Metroid prime four is taking a page out of that book. Yeah. I, I would rather them wait and be done. Yeah. I'm sure. Prime four is taking a page out of notebook and it's not being worked on. I just, <laughs> I just think it'll come out in ten years. Well, pull my headset. It'll come out in ten years. I would uh, rather come out ten years complete than come out in three parts. Hmm. Like that's and honestly they, why I haven't played remake. I'm waiting till it's done to give it a try. Yeah, there's there's no games like remake. Like there's no remakes like remake. It, there's you're just right. Nothing All remakes are complete when they're done. That have changed. Like it changes the game. Like the entire thing it changes the story of it like part two and part three from what they i mean there's a little bit of spoilers for remake part one but they go it's it's leading into a a completely different thing yeah so that i know but it's still i mean well first off others have added 
stuff and change directions before in remakes, but not to the level that seven remake has done. That I agree with you, but it still should be sold complete. Get it complete. <laughs> Trust me, if you ever played Final Fantasy XI, especially in its heyday, and the same with fourteen early on, uh, well, eleven more so than fourteen. I can't tell you how many people named Cloud X Cloud X XX Cloud XX XXX Cloud X. Like, come on, guys, be original. Oh, my name's Sephiroth. Oh, you're not original. Get out of here. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could say that about uh, every character in there. There's probably tons of Kefkas and no, there aren't. There should be more Kefkas, but there aren't. It's all Cloud and Sephiroth. That's that's like it's ridiculous how many people have done it. That's why they they even made like the costumes. You have to pay for them because they're like, hey, people will buy this stuff. This is great. Why do we start talking about this again? The final because we were talking 14. about fourteen. <clears throat> Yeah. The best ongoing game, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. <laughs> On to the next 80 years. Um, but I also went with Final Fantasy XIV there. I... Yeah, me as well. Okay. All right, so going on to Games for Impact. <laughs> no, Got to keep it interesting, right? No sidetrack there. No, that's, that was fun. <laughs> and again, we might have you on the podcast later on. Good. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, I you, don't know if you mean you that. See, but... Yeah, you don't seem to know what he's suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> he's suggesting to make me play Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. Which, which uh, I know exactly what he was suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> Games for Impact. A Memoir Blue, as Dust Falls, Citizen Sleeper, Endling, Extinction is, is Forever. Handling Extinction is Forever. Sorry, I had a hard time saying that. Hindsight, I was a teenage exocolonist. Uh, some some interesting titles here, but I went with Citizen Sleeper. It just really looks cool, but I haven't played any of them. Um, I have also not played any of them. Um, I've only heard uh, the top or the first three really talked about a memoir blue as Dusk Falls and Citizen Sleeper. <laughs> I'm going to say as Dusk Falls just to be different, even though I I think Citizen Sleeper probably has the biggest chance in getting it. Yeah, I, th- I think that one does stick out to me as well, but I'm also going to go with As Dust Falls. Um, again, I haven't played any of these, but I think As Dust Falls and Citizen Sleeper are the two that I've heard about the most. So it's just kind of a toss-up for me. Alrighty, and next up we have the best performance. The nominees are Ashley Birch in Horizon Forbidden West. Charlotte McBurney in A Plague Tale Requiem, Christopher Judge in God of War Ragnarok, Man Engage in Immortality, Sonny Soljic in God of War Ragnarok. Uh, for this one, I have a feeling Christopher Judge is going to win just because he's been iconic as Kratos, but I'm going to go with Ashley Birch for Horizon because uh, she does do a phenomenal performance. And I feel like... You know, it would almost be like nominating Charles Martinet for Mario at this point. Like it's when you when you've done a role for so long, it's you know it, you're you're already we know you're great. Like let's do it to some some newer talent. And just to be clear, I don't think uh, Charles Martinet would ever get nominated for this category. Probably not, but but he, <laughs> he he's Mario. He should he though. Should. But he's iconic in that because he said ten words in a video game. Yeah, he's still he's still one of the most iconic voices, if not the oh, most he is. iconic no, voice. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I'm going to vote for Christopher Judge here just because I think he's going to win it. Also, he's just got a really cool voice. So. He does. Uh, but he's, it's still the same. He hasn't really done anything different with Kratos in this game versus... I agree. I'm just saying he has a cool voice. Yeah. I mean, he does. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything about the game. It is different, but... Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, it's, still, it's still Kratos. It's still, it's still Kratos. Um, he says boy a lot less, but... <laughs> he says, I think he says. Oh, I don't want to say. I don't want to say anything. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't played enough of Plague Tale Requiem. The voice acting that seems like it was going to be pretty good. I've heard a lot of good things about Immortality, um, so maybe that's good. Um, actually, I was I was saying Christopher Judge at first because I think he's the kind of the front runner in this category for choice. I think that game's going to be well, more well regarded than. Horizon Forbidden West overall, but I'm going to put Ashley Birch just because she has so much more dialogue that I think she's going to be doing throughout the game. Oh, and, she does uh, do a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, that's the one I'm going to go with. I'm going to say Ashley Birch. And Ashley Birch is the voice of Aloy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just yeah, making sure on that. She's the voice of Aloy, so she has a lot more dialogue. In this picture, she just got a lot different hair than I remember <clears throat> her. I think um, she's also the voice of Tiny Tina. Yes, she is. Oh, interesting. Um, no, I, I thought the voice acting in general for Horizon was really, really good. So I could see you're taking taking this, actually. Um, that was one thing that really impressed me a lot was the facial improvements in this game compared to the first game. Like, all the characters seem really lifelike, I would say, in this game. Agreed. All righty. Next up, we have Best Audio Design, and the nominees are Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, and Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, for me, it's between Horizon and God of War, but I'm sure God of War is going to take it, so I'll say God of War. Yeah, I'm actually not sure where I'm going with this. Like, The audio is good in God of War. It doesn't really stand out to me a ton. There, no. I, I don't know. There are some nice, like, subtle, like when uh, music kicks in and stuff that you're not expecting and stuff. That can be really nice. Um, but yeah, none of I, none of these are really standing out to me as a definitive winner. What about you, Eli? Um, I would say the opening um, music for Elden Ring definitely sticks out to me. Like as far as like, you know, this is Elden Ring when you open it up, and you can tell when that song plays. Like this is Elden Ring. Um, but as far as just audio design in general, I thought Horizon Forbidden West did a, a great job with it. As far as, and I I probably just haven't played enough God of War either yet, uh, but I just thought the towns were really re- well done, you know, hearing different people talk about different things as you went into different places, um, you know, just overall, I thought it was really well done. So that's going to be my vote in this, in this category. I wouldn't be surprised if God of War takes it, um, but I would, I would go with Horizon here. I'm going to go with the underdog, the most popular game in the world call of duty modern warfare 2 the sound in that game is amazing i don't think that's the kind of game that gets voted for in any of these um i think it's more likely that horizon or god of war ragnarok will take it but for me i'm i'm just gonna vote for the one that i'm i'm thinking about i i I thought the sound in that game was phenomenal um that's what i'm gonna go with yeah sometimes you just have to go for the underdog for the little guy (laughs) the little guy call of duty (laughs) All right. Next up, we have the best score in music. I guess I was leading and into that a, a bit. The nominees are A Plague Tale, Requiem, 
Elden Ring. Ragnarok. Singer. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. me this is another very easy category and no-brainer and it goes to xenoblade 3 oh, the music in that game is just it's outstanding it is absolutely outstanding it knows when to hit the emotional punches it knows when to pull back it knows how to give you sweeping melodies as you traverse the land and give you phenomenal battle themes uh, and the mobius battle theme is just oh it's so gorgeous uh, just just all around, every theme in that game is great. Uh, well, I haven't played too much of A Plague Tale Requiem yet. Um, a Plague Tale Innocence had an amazing score. Uh, like, not, like, way better than you would expect. I don't know if either of you tried out the first game. Or Eli, you did, and you hated it. You gave the game a one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably because you hated the music so much. I played much. through the whole game. And I hated <laughs> every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh the one the one that i'm gonna go with though is metal hellsinger um i don't get uh i'm a big metal fan and i don't get a lot of games like this um and the only other one that's even similar would be like doom eternal or something but this is all like actual like songs like with lyrics and everything crafted for this video game and i think it's pretty incredible the game itself i am terrible at and i haven't gotten that that far probably only a few hours into it uh but yeah, man, I love the music. That's the mm. one I'm going to vote for. I don't think it has a chance really in winning, uh, over a, like a like going up against those kind of games. Yeah, I think. <coughs> Sorry, I think like I had mentioned before, I think Elden Ring has the best original song. I think it's the best. Like as you open the game, like it has a really really great you know opening song. 
I don't know if that's enough to carry it though for, for the rest because the rest is is good music for the fitting for the game, but nothing really that stands out the same as that opening as that opening song does. Uh, I can't but I, remember any music from Elden Ring. It was <laughs> more sound effects and like ambient <laughs> stuff than anything else for me. No. If you listen to it, you would recognize it right away. I think. Um, so I I don't know if that will be enough to carry it. I don't think so. And so I'll go with Xenoblade Chronicles three as well. I feel like Xenoblade is probably an underdog on most of these cat- categories, just because of the popularity of the other games involved. And so I wouldn't be surprised if a game like God of War Ragnarok wins as well. But um, I could imagine a game like Xenoblade Chronicles three having a good soundtrack after playing uh, a little bit of uh, Xenoblade Definitive Edition. Um, I've played probably about. 12 13 hours of that game so and good. so that was a so good like, too yeah it was really really good and then i've you know since listened to like nintendo music and i can you know automatically pick out what's xenoblade chronicles now you know pretty quickly so um i did like the score on that game quite a bit all right and next up we're at the the four biggest categories i think um the best art direction this is kind of just the the prettiest game we got elden ring God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, or Stray? For me, this one, I have to give it to Elden Ring. Just the imaginative world, especially the the you know, underground world. <clears throat> Just, oh, so so beautiful. It was so creative. The, the boss designs, the creature designs, it just, it really was something special. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Elden Ring. Yeah, I don't think uh, Scorn has any chance in getting <laughs> this like zero. Um, this it's this game is absolutely yeah. I, I like that it got nominated. It's absolutely disgusting, and it's definitely a, a visual aesthetic uh, that they nail. Um, yeah, it's yeah. And Horizon Forbidden West, that underwater stuff, I think is some of the best looking stuff in games that I've ever seen. Especially the the transition from above water to under the water, even though I've never even played this game. It's just from videos that I've seen. I think it looks amazing. Um, but Elden Ring is, is taking it for me. I've, I've taken so many pictures in that game, just of everything. It's like, wow, that's beautiful. There's, if you want like Epic Vistas, this is probably the best game that I've ever played. Uh, that's awesome. there's just so many cool scene, like scenes just all over the place. I love it. What about you, Eli? Yeah, I think we've we've had, or for me, there's three games that stick out here: Elden Ring, God of War, and Horizon Forbidden West. Um, just the opening of God of War, I can definitely see. You know, it's definitely a artistic achievement. Um, and then uh, Horizon Forbidden West, I really love the color scheme of this game. I thought it was really really great as well. Uh, but I think I'm also going to give it to Elden Ring. Um, I think that. It, it will take it and and it's just a really interesting world like barry was saying like you were saying as well nick um lots of different vistas um an under under you know ground like magical world basically that you can go to and then there's yeah just just a lot of different things um before we get to the last three uh morgan just asked for some help real quick with something so let me be back in about two minutes and then we can keep going if that's cool. All right. All yeah. right I'll just say pause. All right. All right. We're going. 
So we're in the top three categories now, and we have Best Narrative. Nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, <laughs> God of War Ragnarok, <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. All right, I'm just going to come out right out and say it. Elden Ring should not be in this category at all. I think the narrative on it does not deserve a nomination one bit. Uh, I do think that Xenoblade 3 should have been there because it's an actual story versus more the more cryptic nature of Elden Ring. Um, but that's just me. So I have not finished God of War Ragnarok and it, the narrative thus far is very good. But because I haven't finished it and I don't know how it ends... Um, I'm going to go with Horizon Forbidden West because I did finish that and I did play that. And and I, I think that the story there is really cool and I like where they were going with it. And I like where they did go with it towards the end and, and throughout the end. And it made me really you know interested in a third Horizon, uh, not the VR one, but like an actual proper third game. Um, so that's my pick. Yeah, for me, I think um, it's going to go God of War here. Um, just based off the other members of the category, I, I did like uh, Horizons Forbidden West story as well, and I thought there was some pretty good twist twist to it. Um, but I think in general it wasn't quite as well received as the first game story, probably. Um, so that's I think that's why I'm gonna go God of War here. Yeah, I think God of War will probably win this. Um, but I think. I don't know. I think it's just the way that I play the game. The story is so broken up from me just wandering around and doing just random stuff that it it hurts it for me. Um, It's kind of a me problem, but whatever. I think it's hilarious that Elden Ring is on here. It's like writing a book with six words in it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't deserve to be there. A lot of it's like your own story. I, I mean, I love how it's set up. I would never change it. I would never add a story to it, but it's funny that it's in here. That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Hey, so, um, those are six really cool words, though. So it's it's not for better than <laughs> all the other games of the year, though. <laughs> I do like yeah. the atmosphere of the game, like how it's told. I do like it all, um, but best narrative, I, I yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah, it, it's weird that uh, yeah, it, it that, just it doesn't even it doesn't even seem like the same thing. No. That they they paid for that one, <laughs> but a lot of people just like the structure of the game, which I think I honestly prefer the structure of Elden Ring as well, where no one is talking to me essentially, and I'm just doing it all at my own pace, whatever I want to. Uh, I I really like that, but that doesn't mean it's a better narrative. I don't think narrative is a storytell. This is literally the story, and I uh, guarantee right. you, the majority of people who played Elden Ring were confused and still are confused on a lot of this stuff. Oh, did I already say what my vote was? I picked a Plague Tale Requiem. Even though I haven't finished that game, but I really like the story in the first game. And I, assuming that this one is also going to be pretty linear, I think that storytelling is, is going to maintain throughout the game and uh, hold, it, hold it. But Which is weird for me to pick because I haven't, I barely played it yet. Uh, all right, next up, second to last, we got Best Game Direction. This is Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. This one is tough to figure out who's going to win. Because I like 
you know, a lot of the games here. I feel God of War, the direction is very much a linear path. It's A to B, A to B again, A to B again, etc. Um, along a story. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it does, it leads you. A lot of it is very linear overall. And uh, even when it's semi-open, it's just open to the sense of getting to new linear areas. Like you're in the sand desert and it's a little open and you can go to multiple things, but they're all little linear sections there. Um, and Elden Ring, I felt, was the polar opposite. It was completely open, um, which was great. But I felt like it didn't have that story pull for A to B to me. So I'm going to go with Horizon because it was open, but it also had that story pull um, and it directed you to all the different points. And you had a reason to go to those points. And it, they told you and it, it kind of made you want to go to them more so than Elden Rings. I'm stumbling around and I happen to find or God of War where you're going down that corridor because you have no other choice. Go ahead, Eli. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm probably gonna say just, um, just because of how the game evolved, um, from where it came from and what the series looks like, you know, as far as like going forward in the future, um, I'm gonna give this one to Elden Ring. Elden Ring for me reminds me a lot of like um, Breath of the Wild, um in the fact of, you know, how it came from previous Zelda games and now there's Breath of the Wild. Um, Elden Ring kind of reminds me of that. There were Dark Souls and Demon Souls before, and now we have Elden Ring, which is kind of the evolution of the series, I would say. Um, and so I like I liked the game overall, like in the, in the direction of it overall, and so that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, I definitely didn't think that Elden Ring should be in best narrative, but I think this is where it belongs. I think the uh, the way that this game is made and encourages people to just kind of wander around and figure it out for themselves, I think is is fantastic. And there's always different things to do if you're getting frustrated with the game, um, like pretty much at any point in the game, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, Elden Ring for me is definitely the one that I'm picking for best game direction it's a phenomenal game i think just the way it's made all righty and last up we have the game of the year the nominees are a plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west stray and xenoblade chronicles 3 First off, I got to give you props for changing your voice for that. Like, it's trying to be epic. <laughs> I, I loved it. So it was noticed. So that was awesome. <clears throat> uh, I have this sad, sinking feeling that it's going to go to Elden Ring or God of War. And I'm not saying that neither of those are great games because they're both phenomenal games, absolutely phenomenal games. And I, you know, I've loved my time thus far in God of War, and I absolutely adored Elden Ring. And 150 hours, uh, I could not put that game down. It was just just awesome but i'm gonna go with xenoblade chronicles 3 because it had that same 150 plus hours with a a much better story it made me cry it made me love it made me laugh it it just made me feel like a kid again more so um just just in the sheer fun of the game and the sheer amount of content and uh i think it's an underdog uh, I called Jeff Keighley out on Twitter saying you're not man enough to actually nominate it because, you know, you're not getting paid 
and he nominated it. So I'll call him out again. You're not you're not man enough to take the the money from the other companies and tell them to <laughs> shove it and give it to the most deserving game of the year, which is Xenoblade Three, in my opinion. I don't think it's a money thing, but whatever. Oh no, it, it is a money thing. Come That's... on, Last of Us Part Two got nominated. Death Stranding got nominated for like a hundred things. I mean, you can tell where the money goes. Sony's on the board. There's money. There's money there. Did you not like Death Stranding? I loved Death Stranding. Death Stranding was terrible. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I would probably rather take a hammer to my big toe than play that game again. I played it on the PS4 version originally. Uh, Couldn't really get into it. But then uh, when I played it again on PS5, I thought it was amazing. Anyways, what were we talking about? (laughs) Your game of the year. I've said my year. My game of the year is Elden Ring. Uh, It is one of my favorite games I've ever played. It's probably my top five games of all time. I think it's phenomenal. It's the best in uh, the Soul series. Oh, hands down. Uh, I love it. I love that there is just tons and tons and tons of ways to play the game. You can just go back and uh, you can play magic. You can play with swords. It doesn't matter. You can you can mix and match and do whatever you want. There's there's so many different builds and different ways to to play that game. I, I was just wandering around playing it just uh, my own pace throughout the first time. I put 230 hours in my first playthrough, which is really long because I'm, I'm bad as well. Uh, but yeah, I just had so much fun with it. I, the exploration I thought was amazing. I, yeah. Yes. I could not stop playing that game for, I don't know, a month. More than, more than a month. <laughs> the time doesn't equal out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, there are really two realistic choices here of what could win um and those would be elden ring or god of war ragnarok um i think elden ring is again i haven't played enough of god of war i'll play it a lot more this week leading up to the game awards um (coughs) but from what i've seen so far um god of war seems kind of more like a step up probably from the first god of war and the things that they've added to it um, whereas Elden Ring, like I had mentioned before, is more of an evolution of the Soul series. Um, and so I, I, I just think Elden Ring for me, and I had mentioned this earlier, Elden Ring for me is the Breath of the Wild of the the Soul series. And for me, that means a lot. Like that's changing the, the whole series, changing how everything looks, um, or changing how the, the world behaves, I should say. Um, added a ton of things to it and just made it really a, a spectacular game. At the beginning of the year, I was playing Horizon Forbidden West, and I, I think I waited maybe like a week or so to play it, maybe even two weeks or so to play Elden Ring because I was still playing Horizon Forbidden West. I was almost finished with Horizon Forbidden West, and I was like, you know, I should just give Elden Ring, like, I'll just play it for a little bit. And then it kind of just stole my attention. Like it was, it was um, hard to put it down. And I loved Horizon Forbidden West, and I was playing it quite a bit. But it was really, really hard to put down Elden Ring once you got started. Once you started exploring, and so for me, I think that's probably going to be the game that wins, just because of how you know evolutionary it was for that franchise and how um, how different it was. Um, in comparison to a game like God of War, where it was kind of more just like a step up. So I think that'll be the game of the year. Um, yeah. Elden I, Ring also has one thing going for it that only one other nominee has. And that other nominee is Stray. And that is that you can 
anyone could play any of these games and be fine. But Elden Ring is a standalone. Like you, you're everyone's on the same ground. Where God of War, you it, it's a better game if you've played all the previous God of Wars because Definitely. it's a story. Horizon Forbidden West is a better game if you played Horizon Zero Dawn uh, first and, and the and the, the expansion as, uh, as well. Uh, and Xenoblade Three is a better game if you played Xenoblade One and Two. Um, so I think as a standalone that that does give Elden Ring an edge. However, um, with those other games played, enhancing all those other nominees, it makes it so tough because it's been a great year for gaming overall. Period. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Just looking at all the game of the year nominees, like it's been a good year for gaming. And thinking about all the other games that we've gone through. Like this is not a down year in gaming. This has been oh, no. been an up year, that's for sure. If anyone says it's a down year, they either don't play video games or they have very, very, very select tastes. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so that just about does it uh, for voting on all of the uh, game of the year categories, or just the uh, yeah, I guess the game well, awards. Game awards. Yeah. That's the right. That's the right words. I know words sometimes. Uh, yeah, if you guys wanted to share any of your stuff, go ahead and do so in uh, the Discord. And uh, yeah, <laughs> awesome. uh, Barry, tell tell us tell us again where they can find you. Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You could find me on um, with Nintendo Fuse on Facebook and other social medias at Nintendo Fuse, as well as NintendoFuse.com and on YouTube dot com slash nintendo fuse for our videos and podcasts uh, for premium edition games you can find us at premium edition games.com where you could pre-order several of our titles right now as well as purchase some in stock games you could also find us on twitter at premium edition one and everywhere else social media wise premium edition games thank you and thank you so much for being with us today we enjoyed having you um we look forward to having you on the podcast again at some unspecified time and topic. Um, <laughs> It'll be Final Fantasy VII. So. Oh, I, I can imagine <laughs> what he's doing already. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for being good time listeners of the show. You can join us on Discord at Barely a Gaming Podcast. On um, <laughs> sorry, the links in the description. <laughs> Thank you very much. The link is in the podcast description. And then you can join us at Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter at BarelyAGP. And thanks again for listening. This has been a gaming podcast. Barely a gaming podcast. Goodbye. Barry, and then uh, this is the part where you roar like a bear. Okay. So are we doing a countdown for it, or are we just doing it? Just doing it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Scared <Perfect>. me. <laughs> Perfect. <Whoa. laughs>